Everybody, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm happy to be with you another week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the engagement here. Like I've been in a lot of conversations with listeners and it's been it's been very heartwarming first of all feedback is always very heartwarming but secondly it's been very insightful quite 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 insightful i hope you're right i hope your monday was right we are still in may so we're still having a conversation about mental health first of all a little did you know did you know that originally the phrase monday blues was in fact a real thing it's not just a thing it was a real thing with its roots in germany the phrase originally was Blue Monday in German. All of my German speakers, you can send me a voice note and tell me how to pronounce that because I can't. The phrase actually came from the fact that on Mondays, people would be so low energy and there would be so low activity. People like workers would end up like just the, there was lethargy around the Monday because of how they had spent the weekend. So that's, I guess, somewhere in the 16th century. Imagine 16th. It's not even new. It didn't start with us. Turns out, even at that time, those guys felt that way. When they were approaching the week, there was a sense of sadness, a sense of, oh, this is going to be so trying. In fact, the phrase Blue Monday in its origin is discussed the same way people faith discuss rest days. As in the same way people say to keep the Sabbath, at the time people also used to say to keep Blue Monday, which I thought was interesting. So that's a fun fact for you. It makes sense then over time, it's still the same thing. We still kind of live in a generation where we, you know, live for the weekend. And so by the time you're approaching the week, it's dreadful. I do know a few people who are like Monday people. If you're a Monday person, you can tell me how that happened and I would appreciate any insights you can give me. But there are people who are very excited for Mondays. I remember a friend of mine telling me Mondays are new opportunities Fresh space, ETC. For most people, it's just like, I had the time of my life, and then tomorrow I'm going to do this other thing. Obviously, I do hope that we change. <laughs> I hope we change. And I hope that we can, I don't know, learn how to enjoy our Mondays. Learn how to to enjoy them. Let me just put it like that. But yeah, so last week, we defined mental health. Uh, and spoke about its awareness. We called each other out and called one another to action. If for nothing else, my hope here is to help uh, help all of us know what we are looking for and what signs we need to look at. And the response was insightful. It was heartbreaking, but it was insightful. And I'm very grateful for all the people who came to me with their stories. Truly, I'm very honored that you would share that bit of yourself with me. And the insights, yeah, because that's why we're here. So why insightful? Well, two things in particular became very apparent. There is a split between what we know about mental health and how we accept it within ourselves. And the second one essentially is the difference in the way we feel about bringing that part of ourselves to the different communities we are in. So there's an issue of acceptance and there's an issue of disclosure. And I know mental health is a very sensitive topic and all of us are entitled to our own peculiarities. But I just wanted to say that there is something to be seen, something to be noticed, something to be understood about how we think about mental health on a personal level and how we self-disclose. How well do we accept 
what is and what is not, and how well do we self-disclose, and why. In particular, in a work environment, I found that, you know, self-disclosure and that kind of self-disclosure in particular in a work environment feels very high risk for everyone. It feels very, very high risk. That's what I understood. That is what I would like to bring to your attention for your own reflection, for you to think about. And for whoever who is feeling that high risk, I understand it. It feels that way for many reasons. You know, what if you're judged as weak and you're written off as incapable? How's that going to affect you now and you in the future? You know, because that's a professional setting and that seeming weakness, in quotes, is not very professional. You'd said in your interview for work that you work well under pressure. You do the things you say in interviews so that they take you in. And it is true. Humans usually are built with the capacity to deal with certain kinds of pressure. And then one day you are overwhelmed. But I've come to observe that because of how mental health is considered a personal matter, that means it's left to the realm of personal management and private struggle. It's not an out there thing it hasn't been an out there thing for a very long time. Essentially, as an individual, you're just expected to manage your business. With good reason, because I do think the the things that may or may not affect mental health are things that belong in the realm of personal management. I understand that. But what I found was really interesting in my country, Kenya, for example, is that there's practically no insurance covering for counseling or for psychotherapy. I could be wrong about that and my sources were not like I was just doing a company by company reading through their policies and trying to figure it out and I didn't find anything that covered counseling or therapy and the price tag for therapy is quite high so even if your employer takes out an insurance for you what are the chances that it will cover and even an insurance company what are the chances that they're going to cover it's very personal and we acknowledge that but I think that more can be done Obviously, I think more can be done. I think about how workplace health and safety, there was a time it wasn't a thing. And now there are national laws and there are internal policies against workplace, you know, violations, safety violations. There's also sexual harassment, which for a while was not a thing. And over time, it has become a thing. And so... I'm believing, I'm trusting that with varying degrees of implementation, workplaces, or even nationally, because I know in my country, for example, there was the Mental Health Bill, which is not yet an act, which means it's not yet enforceable as law, is coming out. And interesting proposals that are coming out of that piece of legislation. And the hope for me is that it will inspire or it will jolt or force or coerce workplaces, for example, because we spend so much of our lives at work work if you're working you're probably in an eight to five and if you're not in an eight to five i've i've seen over time people saying that even when you work for yourself like when you're self-employed as an entrepreneur or you're self-employed in terms of content creation the work hours are even longer because that stuff stays with you there is no physical separation between your office and your home and your home space especially if you're working from home and so more so them so how can we make those spaces? You who is running your content creation business, you who is running your branding company, you who, whatever business it is you're running, and I know you because you are my listeners, how can you make your business a more mentally safe space for yourself, even before it is for your employees? Obviously, when you are the entrepreneur, when you're the leader, when you're the person at the front, you think, well, you know what I say goes. If I say I'm taking leave, I take leave, etc., but 
what about an external an external safety how can we implement what we know about mental health what we know about healthy spaces for the sake of the people that work for us in our small businesses or the people that volunteer for us or the people that are interning with us how do we make the space safer so in my opinion a mainstreaming discussion is probably on the way but before then i'm thinking about the leadership discussion today i was remembering some of the values that i learned in the leadership program at alex and i was thinking especially about courage and empathy and i was thinking about problem solving because you have self disclosure which is an issue of courage and when you self disclose you hope that the person who is hearing you will meet you with a warm heart and an empathy and a capacity to understand and to make room for you and that slowly but surely we will make changes they don't have to be big expensive changes because i do understand the cost around mental health but how can we make changes So I'm thinking about the nerves that I have felt before when I'm trying to draft a text or an email requesting time out because one needs to devote themselves to seeking help. You want to get into therapy, you want to take care of yourself, and I'm thinking about those nerves and I'm thinking about courage today for the people who shared their stories with their team and and what that must have felt like. Even slightly, even if you just made a statement about where you are and what you need from your teams, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about our needs as individuals and as cultures to seem and appear competent. Why? Because when we self-disclose, some of the most pressing thoughts that we experience are the thoughts of our incompetency or how incapable we seem. We seem unable, we seem needy for help and For some reason that can end up being used against us to judge us as incapable and obviously that has economic consequences on our end which is why it's so important for our organizations to develop safer environments. I'm thinking about where that came from. Exactly where did those types of thoughts come from? Obviously you have a mix of external factors. Maybe something your boss once said or a coworker once said or an experience they once shared within the organization or even from elsewhere your friend tells you, "Hey, I told my boss this that and the other and it's never been the same again. I've never been treated the same way that I was before and I think it's because I made such and such self-disclosure." And so it may be completely external factors, but it could also be internal stuff. It could be what we actually believe. We're saying all these things about mental health, but at the core, please hear me, when we're caring for our mental health in every possible way, we're eating well, we're sleeping well, we're resting well, we're doing everything that we can to deal with our issues as and when they arise, to stay on our feet. We're doing everything that in medical circles would be known as preventive medicine and that matters a lot but what do we really believe about ourselves when we are struggling having done everything we can do what is it that you really really believe do you really believe that you're weak do you really really believe that you're incompetent and why do you believe that why is it so difficult for us to give ourselves the same grace that we would give our friends same grace we would give family same grace we would give a stranger even Why is it so difficult for you to accept that it's not because you're incompetent or because you are unable it's because you are overwhelmed and that happens to all of us so that as you're walking daily weekly surmounting the pressures dealing with them properly stretching walking sleeping drinking water enjoying nature calling friends and family you are doing the best that you can but on the day that you cannot 
Why is it so difficult for you to give yourself mercy, to give yourself empathy? Because if you're not able to give yourself mercy, the chances that you give it to someone else exist. But there's also a chance that you might not. I remember this one time being on a call with a friend of mine and, and they were saying how whatever you manage to do that day, that's progress. When the days are bad, if all that you can do is get out of bed and make said bed and take a walk and that's all you manage to do for the day, then that's all right. Or you only managed to wipe things down or to wash dishes or to make yourself a meal or to attend your therapy. That's okay. Because on the bad days, we need more support and we need more strength and we need more pacing, a pacing that allows us to deal, a pacing that allows us to move through our issues better on our bad days. Sometimes that's all that we can do. So I think this conversation that we have here on this podcast is one between leaders and people who are being led. And so for our leaders, where the big drastic changes are not possible, what can you do? What can be done? What can you create in your organization, even in intangibles, that makes it possible for not only other people, but even yourself? Because the truth is, People in leadership positions will experience significantly more stress when it comes to self-disclosure because for them, at least judging from my experiences and experiences that have been shared with me, the stakes feel higher. There is more responsibility on your shoulders. There are more deliverables, more this, more that, more other. And as leaders, we would benefit so greatly from an environment that is safe in an environment that is welcoming and a culture that embraces people more than we would benefit from a culture that is executive, effective, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with any of these qualities. I'm just saying when we make safer spaces, we may think it's for other people as leaders, but I can promise you it is mostly for ourselves. So where can we move the needle? Where can, we, where can we make a slight change? Because sometimes those macro changes are intimidating from an organizational level or you don't even know where to begin. May I challenge you to read? There's a lot of material that's been written out there on what organizations can, what organizations have been doing to make the environment safer. If you're a, if you're a team member, how can you contribute? What is it that you can do given your team? Is it an environment where you can bring up such topics? Is it an environment where you can approach a leader and say and make a suggestion and make a proposal for the sake of a safer environment? Is it that you will make room for your colleague? If that's what you can do, then you know that's good enough to begin so that when people come to disclose themselves and their need for help, they don't feel like they're risking everything because that's how it feels sometimes right now. And so as we close... I would like to challenge us to think about what it is we really believe on the inside about the days when we are appearing weak so that we can learn how to offer ourselves that very same compassion that we claim to be able to offer other people. Perhaps with being able to offer compassion to ourselves, we will understand when someone else comes to ask for help, it's not because they are unable, it's not because they are incapable, it's because they need it. So as we take care of ourselves and as we take care of each other, I'm hoping that as we have this discussion this month, that the effect is simply to help you develop deeper compassion and more awareness more awareness because i think before anything is done 
awareness needs to be developed. Before I go, I found a book if anyone is interested. The book is called A First Rate Madness by Nasir Gaemi, uncovering the links between leadership and mental illness. So this is all the way in mental illness, yeah? Not just a mental health challenge, but all the way in mental illness that has been diagnosed. If you are interested in the book, let me know. But the title is A First Rate Madness by Nasir Gaemi. I think it's a very interesting read. We're continuing to learn, we're continuing to understand. I am wishing you an incredible week ahead and I'm hoping that you will share this podcast. I think a lot of people need to hear what it is we're talking about. Feel free to ask questions on the email. Feel free to feel free to reach out on us to us. Hey, the grammar, the grammar is escaping me. Feel free to reach out on social media uh, at the leader process on Instagram and feel free to send me voice notes on Anchor and feel free to send me anything you'd like to send me on email at theleaderprocess at gmail.com. I have been your host. My name is Judy. Thank you for giving me your time. Have a good evening and I will talk to you next week. Bye.